Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to the hottest sports talk show. I've never had it so good sports radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. It is a new week and Monday, and we're live here with my co-host, Duck Raleigh. I think Tim Moore will probably be joining us in just a moment. Never Had It So Good, where are they now? We're going to get back here, welcome him back in just a moment. Um, Gary Dove, West Virginia, Norfolk High School. Um, and listeners, sometimes you may hear us talking, and that's because it's like, you know, okay, it's, it's Princess and Duck, and we never seem to run out of stuff to say. Duck, welcome to the show. As I said so many times, Duck, some of the pre-production, um, some of the stuff we say before the show is just as good. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> doing well, Princess, yeah. They, I think people would get a kick out of it if they only knew. <laughs> Yeah, if they only knew. Well, I think tonight will be a lot about God's country, um, the entire, you know, two or two or three hours. And it seems that's the way it goes, and I'm okay with that because we got <laughs> Gary Dove to kick it off for us. <laughs> Duck laugh. And we got Gary Dove to kick it off. And in the second um, hour, we have – Tori Martin, one of my favorite people of all time. So I'm excited about that. Let's welcome in Mr. Dove. Mr. Dove, how are you? Doing fine, Princess. How about you? Doing really good. Thank you for coming back. We we didn't get enough, and hopefully we can dive into some other things here. I'll let Duck start with you, and then we'll come back at the end, okay? Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Usual, all right, Duck. Hi, uh, as usual, Gary, we have to have you on. Well, I certainly appreciate you having me back. I enjoyed it the last time, and this time I'm certain it's going to be no different. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> All right, Gary, uh, we talked last time about, you know, what, you know, some of your responsibilities working with uh, not only basketball, but you also uh, work with football. Can you kind of talk about what you did with the football team? Certainly, Jack. It uh, was a lot like the uh, the uh, basketball. Um, I was statistician. I kept the uh, the stats during games, after games, uh, after game uh, two and three and four, all the way up through ten, and and then. Uh, 1973, when you were a senior, and we won the state championship in Double A uh, through 12 games, we finished 12 and zero that year. And uh, whereas basketball, I had many helpers. I uh, basically kept all the game stats myself in in uh, ball. And uh, I started uh, back in the early 70s when you were playing. Uh, one of the uh, new local newspapers didn't really give us a whole lot of ink. So Coach Brandt, uh, Coach John Brandt, our head football coach, uh, asked me if I would write up a, a game story pretty much like 
would be in the newspaper after every game, and and he would post that on the bulletin board, and that way the uh, players and anyone else who was interested could uh, read an account of the game, and uh, uh, that was you know a, a lot of lot of what I. Okay, yeah, uh, Gary, uh, speaking of that, and I know you end up doing stuff for the Welsh Daily News, uh, how how difficult was it when you were, when you were doing that, you know, writing up the articles, you know, if, if you've seen some stuff that shouldn't have taken place or, you know, we, you know, when I was on the class, when, when I was a sophomore and junior, you know, we had lost twice, two games. But writing right. up something like that, how, could you be biased? Or were you biased? Uh, I, of course, uh, the the bias comes with it, but <laughs> I try to uh, uh, put an unbiased slant as if it was a local newspaper and someone else other than myself was writing the story, um, you know. And my philosophy all along, uh, I, I wrote uh, – since 1979 for the Welch newspaper, and then I started um, in, uh, I'm not sure exactly what year, but uh, 2005, six, seven, somewhere in that neighborhood, started writing for the Bluefield paper. And my philosophy all along was always to try to uh, accentuate the positive and uh, never, uh, as a, for instance, name a, a kid, say a kid, uh, uh, got run over as opposed to making a tackle and the other team scored the winning. I wouldn't name that kid or a kid fumbled and, and his team ended up uh, losing. I, I would, you know, pretty much just say that, um, say Norfolk, for instance, fumbled the ball at its own 20-yard uh, line and, and uh, let it go at that because these are, uh, and you, when you played, were just young men and, and uh, when I covered girls softball young ladies and uh, they're trying their best they're not paid and uh, I don't think it it uh, I never did think and still don't that it, it would be advantageous to name uh, a youngster for a mistake they made yeah and and, and I'm glad you said that because we all know you know even the people that's listening that it don't always work out that way and sometimes you know, I know by coaching up in New Jersey, that could kind of destroy a young man's, a uh, young lady's confidence. So, Absolutely. You know, yeah, so that, you know, that's, you know, on my part, that's well received. And I'm I'm sure for some, some of the listeners and young ladies and gentlemen out there, yeah, they can appreciate that. So going into, so how, you know, from what Coach Brandt asked you to do, did that kind of push you towards the West Daily News or the Bluefield uh, Telegraph? Uh, for the West paper, uh, there was a gentleman who was sports editor at uh, in 79 named Ken Hilling. And <laughs> Ken uh, has since passed away. Fine, fine gentleman. And uh, he asked me, uh, he was pretty much solo at the time, uh, the only sports person there and he asked me if I would be interested in writing sports and sending it in and and, um, obviously I jumped at it because it would give the kids at North Fork who I 
was statisticians for, it would give them a, a big boost in the publicity department and uh, they would get get their names mentioned and uh, that type of thing in the newspaper where if I wasn't doing it, uh, you know, they probably wouldn't have or wouldn't have as often, wouldn't have gotten as much exposure as they did with me uh, covering the games. And, and of course, I was there anyway doing the stats. And um, the biggest uh, problem I had, and, and of course, um, you know, it wasn't that big a problem, but as I got older, uh, I would scribble things down, notes down, and try to decipher those after the game or a day later, you know, to figure out what I put had put down was uh, got to be a little bit more um, trying as as time went on. But uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I think the the kids and their parents and uh, Everett fans all enjoyed, you know, seeing uh, the youngsters' names in in print in the local newspaper. And for some reason, you know, uh, you know, of course, you know, Bluefield, you know, predicate more to Mercer County, uh, Webb's to Mattdale County, but uh, like, were you able to kind of cross-reference with any of, uh, like, of course, the Charleston Gazette or any of those papers, kind of getting a feel for what type of team Norfolk had? Uh, I had several friends, and as time went on, that uh, increased to many friends at other newspapers. And uh, back when uh, the Internet was first starting to blossom, I would read the Charleston Gazette, for example, and uh, the Beckley paper uh, online and, um, you know, get a feel. And and then I could also um, talk to friends I had at other newspapers. And it was always nice going to other communities, say a Huntington, for example, one that stands out in my mind, and running into these other sports writers or sports editors. And we would always kind of compare notes and, and just talk with one another and uh, that was always a good experience for me in increasing the number of folks who I could talk with who understood sports and and sports writing and it was just a good good experience for me okay uh Gary before I bring a couple of guests in to talk to you I'd like to know uh how difficult is it for you representing Norfolk, you know, like, you know, Coach Smith with Gary and and so on and so on. How difficult is it for you to pick Hall of Famers out of our school? I have a list right now of about, I think, 31 or 32 <laughs> former athletes, former supporters who I think deserve to be into the uh, McDowell County Sports Hall of Fame, and um, there are five areas in McDowell County, and each committee, say, for instance, the Northville Committee, is responsible for picking um, nominees from the Northville area. There's a Welch Committee, there's a Big Creek Committee, Big Creek and Excelsior Committee, 
um, there's a Gary and Gary District Committee, and there's a Jaeger Committee. So, um, you know, and we deal basically, and you have been kind enough to come on board to uh, be on the committee, but we deal basically with young people and uh, supporters and whatnot in our area. Now, if I see a person who I think is um, deserving of being considered by another committee in another area, well, I will talk with the committee chairman at least and sometimes with the whole committee to uh, recommend someone else that, you know, they may give a look at that they may be overlooked. And um, it is, from the Norfolk area, it is very, very hard. That's just like this this year in, on October the 14th when we are going to have our 11th annual induction, uh, Antonio Martin, who graduated in 1984 from Norfolk, went on and played at the University of Charleston for Tex Williams. Antonio's senior year, he was named the uh, outstanding basketball player in the whole WVIAC um, and, and playing for the University of Charleston and, of course, uh, was a Norfolk graduate. Uh, another one of the nominees this year, who another person who's going in this year, is Greg Dragovich, who graduated in 1963 from North Fork and played at WVU. He was a starting center his last two years there at WVU, and he was an outstanding player. And I didn't really, 1963, I was 13 years old and really hadn't developed an in, intense interest in uh, in athletics at the high school level. But uh, in doing some research uh, in 1963, after the uh, 62 football season, um, every year a, an outstanding lineman is picked in West Virginia. And it used to be called the Hunt Award. And in 63, I forget who won it. It might have been... Um, and I think Mick Fuel from Winfield won it the next year, maybe. But 63, Gordon Lambert, who played at Gary and then went on and played at WVU and played at uh, University of Tennessee, Martin, finished number two in the state for the outstanding lineman. And Greg Dragovich from Northfield finished third. So we had two, number two and number three in the uh, voting for outstanding lineman from here in McDowell County. And you also, uh, Harold Johnson is going in this year. Well, Harold is related to someone, uh, and I can't <laughs> remember exactly. <laughs> now, Harold Harold was an outstanding running back linebacker at North Fork. Uh, he was named, uh, I think I'm the one who named him, and Roy Carson, the uh, our announcer, <laughs> stuck with it. Uh, named him the baby bull because it was like trying to tackle a bull to stop him. But uh, <laughs> Harold, as I said, is, is your cousin and is an absolutely outstanding um, entrant into the uh, or in, inductee into the Hall of Fame this October. And we're very pleased. The Norfolk 
contingents very pleased we are to have all three of these young men. Okay, uh, let's let's bring Jesse Fields in. Uh, uh, Jesse, what, what do you have for uh, Mr. Doug? Uh, good to, uh, to hear from you, uh, uh, Gary, uh, and uh, Riley. I just wanted to get an update on the. Uh, I know we had the event April 22nd at Bluefield uh, concerning the showing the PBS movie, uh, but I, I was wondering is there anything else that's going to uh, take place on that uh, for us, the uh, team? Uh, first of all, Jesse, uh, I want to say hi to you. It's been a while since we've talked, and it's yes, always sir. great. Great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, yes, sir. I'm not sure. I haven't talked with uh, John Hale, who made the um, documentary and, of course, hosted it there at the Granada Theater in Bluefield about the uh, basketball program at Norfolk High School. And, of course, it, it is entitled uh, Blue Demons, A West Virginia Legacy. Uh, I, I have not talked to John um, specifically about other uh, viewings, screenings, what have you, to try to get that, uh, you know, that documentary more uh, publicity. Uh, Beckley, and I'm not sure the uh, exact title of the uh, um, program over at, at, at Beckley in Raleigh County had a screening. Right about a month and a half, two months ago, and they invited me, and uh, as I'm getting, and of course I'm not old, I don't think I'm old, I'm 73, but <laughs> as I get older, it is uh, tougher for me to drive at night, and uh, yes, sir. so I declined when they, they invited me, and fortunately John was able to go to that screening. I would love to have gone, but uh, uh, so to answer you, give you a quick uh, answer, I don't know if, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm sure it, with the success that that documentary has had, I would be very surprised if it is not shown, screenings are shown in more places to kind of keep that alive in in southern West Virginia and even, you know, across the border in Virginia and uh, in any place any anyone wants to look at it and uh, kind of pick up the uh, reins and, and go with that. Okay, that sounds good. I know I had uh, spoken a little bit a few times uh, to my, uh, Patrick Boyd, and they were working on a project, and I was wanting to know that you know anything concerning what he's working on. I haven't heard an update. Patrick uh, contacted me probably eight months ago, and he mm -hmm. had through his connections, with, uh, he's in uh, all kinds of entertainment and lives in New York City. And uh, through his connections, he had someone who was very interested in doing a movie, if you will, about the Blue Demons. And uh, mm -hmm. so I talked with the lady who wrote the uh, opening to that movie and gave her some information and Patrick and I were in touch with one another and gave him information, but I have not heard since then. Um, yes. Just a quick uh, note with you mentioning Patrick. Uh, 
his mom, Coach Jenny Floyd's wife, uh, had her 90th birthday recently. And they were, Patrick and Brian, uh, her oldest son, had a birthday party for at uh, in Scott Depot, which is uh, just outside Charleston. And uh, that was the 22nd as well. And I was planning on going to that. And then when this came up about the screening, I called Brian, the oldest son, and uh, we talked. And and he said, Gary said, you go ahead and go to that. So I went to the screening, and uh, I think there were about 90 people, which is ironic because it was her 90th birthday. But about 90 people were in attendance, which was great. And I've talked to Patty several times within the past three or four months. And uh, just a lovely lady. uh, It's great to see her still kicking at 90 years old. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, that was the question that I want to ask. And I'm always glad to hear from you and to hear the great things that are going on. And, you know, uh, ain't nothing like home. And what we have is great, you know. People would not believe it if if they, you know, didn't come from there and didn't see it firsthand. It was a yes. great place. To, uh, Bruce Henthorne played on the first state championship basketball team in 1971, later coached in uh, Chesterfield, Virginia. He coached for a while at Hinton High School in West Virginia. And Bruce said some years after he graduated, that he was so happy to have grown up where he did and gone to school where he did. He said, you know, if I had my choice, there is no other place I would rather have gone to school and live than, than McDowell County. And uh, yes, you know, the folks who were away from here and uh, went for jobs and other reasons, and they have the same sentiment. They are just elated to come home and, visit and see old friends and see their parents and relatives and, and that type of thing. So it it was a fantastic place to grow up. Yes, sir. Okay, uh, Jesse, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to – my last uh, caller with, is going to be Damon Jackson, uh, Gary Dove. So, Damon, what, you, what do you have for Gary? Hey, Mr. Dove, how you doing, sir? Good, doing good, D man. How about you? I'm hanging in there, buddy. Um, you know, we we all talk about the the past a lot, and I want to know your thought on had they not consolidated the schools, what do you think the legacy of Norfolk High School would have been? Because before us going to Mount View, we still won the championships there in the middle school. So, and once we consolidated there at Mount View, things just kind of fell off. There were no more, of course, no more championships. I want to know what your thoughts would be if if that school had stayed open and all of Norfolk had kept playing together. I think with the, and first of all, hello to you, D. Man. It's good talking to you again. Um, we haven't seen each other in probably a year and a half, but. Um, I think that uh, North Fork High School would have been poised for at least, and I hate to put a number on it, but at least four or five more years and maybe longer 
to have been very competitive in AA basketball in the state of West Virginia. Uh, we had a, a young uh, head coach, Mark Page, who really uh, was a great head coach in the short time that uh, he coached there at North Fork. And, of course, he later coached at, uh, at Mountain View. But uh, uh, between uh, Coach Page and several kids from the middle school who were coming up to play and returnees on the high school team, I think North Fork would have been poised to have been very competitive for the next four or five years at, at a minimum. Um, they finished, Norfolk won the uh, 84 state championship, uh, finished as runner-up to Williamson in 83, and then in 85 got to the state tournament and just barely were defeated by Wheeling Central. So, um, you know, the... The players were there, the uh, history was there, and I think things would have been very promising. Um, a quote that I haven't, I don't think I've uh, shared this with anyone, but Coach Boyd said he, of course, retired after the 80-81 season. And for the 81-82 uh, season, three players who stood out who were sophomores on that team were um, Antonio Martin, who I mentioned just a few minutes ago, John, the late John Davis, and Jerry Saunders. And uh, Coach Boyd watched him play, I don't know how many games, but he told me, he said, heck, said, if I'd have known those three were coming from the middle school, <laughs> I might not have retired after the 81 season. And uh, that would have been an interesting uh, an interesting sideline building up to that 84 state championship. Is that uh, good enough of a guess, D-Man? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, definitely. And uh, I want to say hello to my cousin Jesse uh, Fields on the other end there. So, but, yeah, I, I, we, all, we, we talk about it a lot, and we always wonder what could it have been. And uh, yeah. just never get that answer, you know. That's true. <laughs> and, you know, most of the schools that Consolidate have over the years in West Virginia have been single-A schools eliminated and going to a, another single-A school maybe or a double-A. Norfolk was a mid-sized double-A school when the consolidation took place. So it's not like we were uh, – you know, hard pressed to find players. There were players there, and and there were kids to make that a double A school. Okay, we are getting ready to run out of time, Gary. I appreciate it, Jesse Fields and D Man. I'm going to let Princess close it out. Mr. Doug, thank, thank you, so you again for 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 stopping by the show. We appreciate it every time. We learn something and, and continue to get information. Have a great week, okay? Thank you, and you too, Princess. Appreciate you having me. Sir, Good every night. time I feel like maybe I should have been born in McDowell County. Uh, um, I think I knew. I, I, <laughs> I know. Don't push so. it. Don't, don't, don't push it, Princess. <laughs> That's just it. She Dunn, already floating them, them gators. She already floating them gators around. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. That's right. Ain't nothing like Florida. 
for sure. All right, gentlemen, have a great week. Duff, we're going to turn this around and get ready for our Mother's Day celebration. Mr. Duff, have a great week, okay? And you as well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, dear. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.